Don't be the guy like eating the mints out of the ladle at the re- at the Chinese restaurant. I hope that doesn't exist anymore. Oh, especially better not better not now. is what to do this is rambling your rams podcast that brings you inside of the team and news from around the nfl i'm your host and team reporter serena morales coming at you from los angeles california it is hot out there and the rams are about to turn up the heat a little more they have their second and final scrimmage on saturday ahead of their home opener at sofi stadium on september 13th against the dallas cowboys for sunday night football i'm hyped about it and i think so is my guest this guy is a stud. I am fortunate enough to see him all the time. But you can find him all over NFL Network and on Sundays on Direct TV Red Zone. He loves caffeine, hiking, and football. No particular order. He climbed Mount Kilimanjaro and Machu Picchu. Um, but we were both at SoFi for the Rams' first scrimmage. And despite your worldly experiences, I know that you were impressed at the Rams' new home at SoFi. Am I right, Andrew Siciliano? Absolutely. It does not compare to a mountain. It's a man-made thing. It was amazing. Hi, Serena. How are you? Hi. Thank you for having me. Um, oh, I thought it was great. Um, you know, everyone has – it's beyond great. Uh, great doesn't do it justice. I, like, it, the, everyone has said for the last four years it's going to be the best facility that we, we've ever seen. Um, well, I, I agree. I don't know that I've ever been – to a better facility. And I, I didn't really get to see much of it. Like I came in street level from the parking lot on the east side of the building and I took the elevator. I saw from up top and then took the elevator down and then I was at, but I, I saw just a little bit of it, but I was there for a couple hours like you. Um, I walked around the main concourse downstairs. I didn't, I didn't see everything. I hadn't been in the building in like four or five months. Let me just say this, it is utterly spectacular um, you're not going to find a better building. The Oculus takes your breath away and not to take away from AT&T stadium in Dallas, which is great. This feels, and I know it didn't have fans. This feels more intimate. It's still a big building, but yeah. AT&T stadium feels like you're in like a, a sci-fi avatar landscape that somebody painted. This feels like a stadium. Yeah, it does feel like you're still in the action, even if I went all the way to level eight. And I was like, oh, like they can hear me from here. I'm okay. Hello. Hello. Right. I mean, we have loud mouths. We want but to but even to your point from level six, which for those get your head wrapped around it now, when you enter from street level, you're going to be at level six. Even from level six, looking down from there, I was like, these aren't bad seats at all. These are good Right. Great view. I know. The hype, totally, completely spot on, like over exceeded. I'm with you there. Um, All right. So let's get to it. We were both in SoFi. Now that we have established how beautiful the stadium is, what do you think of the players that were on the field? (laughs) Who were some standouts to you uh, in that uh, scrimmage on Saturday? No, I mean, Aaron Donald is the standout of all standouts. I found it interesting because I was with JB and with MJD, and and we were socially distancing, obviously, but we were watching from the lower deck, and we were trying to keep track of how many would-be sacks Aaron Donald had, right? And there were plays, obviously, where Jared would let the ball go after Aaron kind of sort of got to him, and we would look at each other, is that a sack? Are they they, going to call that a sack or not? 
right? Like how, how are we going to mark that one down? And then when you watch Hard Knocks on Tuesday, you just heard Sean go sack, sack, sack. All right, next, sack, sack. So Aaron Donald is, is spectacular. And the fact that he gets his uh, veteran day off on Wednesday and Sean jokes, well, we had to give the interior offensive line a little bit of, of, of breathing room. Um, he is that spectacular. So he stands out. Uh, Van Jefferson obviously stands out. The, the idea that by the end of the game, he was running with the ones. I know it's a scrimmage, right? It's not, it's not like a blaring headlight here. It's too high. It's high. But uh, he has deserved it. And I, I, he is going to be a legitimate contributor. Um, I think we might have found our kicker. Yeah. Um, so it's an interesting um, – Jake McQuaid talked about this. There was an error on one of the ki- one of the three kickers, and mm-hmm. I want to – I can pull up what he said, but uh, there was a point where Johnny and McQuaid were not as fluid with the setup to set mm-hmm. one of the kickers up for success – and that ended up ma- making this person miss their field goal. And so, you know, even though, like, it's still a mystery to an extent because it's like, man, you two, you two veterans might mm-hmm. cost, you know, a kicker who's just trying to make it in the NFL for the first time a career because based on success rate, right, it doesn't matter if how pretty you kick, we just need to get that thing in the goalpost. I think with that said, Hiralahu, Haralahu, looked the best. Yes. McGinnis was second. And and Sloman was third. I mean, he's the rookie, and I think he clearly is third in this race for now. I will say that, you know, he he was great warming up. I don't know if you saw it. Do you see what the rookie was doing warming up? No. So what he did, I'd never seen this before. He put the ball on each sideline at around the 10-yard line, outside the paint. Not like right up on the hash, but outside the white. And he was kicking off um, off a stand, crossways through the goalposts, <laughs> like from the ten yard line. Huh? Like, never ever seen it before. Well, it didn't necessarily help him once the scrimmage began, but um, it was interesting. Like things that I have never seen before. I I appreciated um, Liram, our CFL kicker, come mm. on the field after the scrimmage. And um, and he took a selfie or a, a picture of the goal pole. I, I mean, he's from the CFL. It's probably his first NFL field. Mm-hmm. And oh, my bad. It's SoFi, a brand new stadium, the best in the business. Uh, it kind of, you know, it's like moments like that. You know, we we appreciate from mm-hmm. the outside. Like, but oh, to, you appreciate I, this too. And I'm glad you brought that up because the looks on everyone's faces, veterans and you know, CFL rookies alike when, and Hard Knocks captured some of it, certainly, but if you comb through everyone's Instagram pages and social medias um, from Saturday night, just to see the look of shock. Yeah. Wow. Like we've been here with hard hats on before, right? We've gotten the tour, but this is finished and different and beautiful and amazing. Yeah. It, it, it was impressive. I think, um, what was also beautiful and amazing was Jalen Ramsey on the field. Can't knock that kid. Um, his beautiful and amazing is also uh, includes smack talking. And you mentioned Van Jefferson. Did you see the Florida, Florida State kind of banter between the two? 
In practice on Wednesday or the, on the scrimmage on, on Saturday? The scrimmage on Saturday. I did see it. I did see it Saturday, and uh, I love it. I do too. Uh, I mean, look, there's Van Jefferson has already proven he's a pro. His dad's a pro, and you could see it when we had him at the Senior Bowl back in uh, in February, January. I've lost track of days. One of those months. January. Uh, in why? Because his old man's a coach and his dad played in the league for a decade. And, and listen, he, he's, he was clearly the most polished guy there. Um, but then to get to the NFL and to practice against Jalen Ramsey, especially when they're lining up against each other on Wednesday like they were, um, that makes you that much better. Absolutely. I'm with you. Uh, and, and actually, Cooper Cup has been very impressed with him. Says he's been asking – 301 level questions <laughs> versus like a, you know, a 101 college, like this is grad level. Van Jefferson's asking like next level type stuff to, to a Cooper Cup, who is one of the smartest wideouts in the league by far. Um, what did you think about, you know, you talk about Van Jefferson, Cam Akers, who I, I, I called both of them out after the scrimmage on Saturday because they both had some good wins, but they were also humbled Van mm -hmm. Jefferson against Jalen. Cam Akers had the ball pulled out of his hands from, of course, number 99. So it's like you get hyped. You're like, yeah, I'm here. Oh, but wait. On the other side of the field are two of the greatest players <laughs> in defense. I think the Cam Akers – I have a lot of faith in Cam Akers, and I'm excited. The, the ball security thing has been an issue in Thousand Oaks, and it was an issue again at the scrimmage and it is something that they need to get fixed. Um, you know, he kind of got stood up a little bit. You, you can, you can ask as well, you know, like they were live, but not really live. He wasn't really going to the ground, you know? So Aaron came in and, and ripped it out. Uh, would he have best those guys, right? Like would he have had better ball security? Would he have hung on to the football if, he didn't like if, if this was truly live and it was a game and he was going down to the like he knew he was being taken to the ground. I don't know. Either way, you got to be aware of it because if you heard it on Hard Knocks, and I'm paraphrasing, Aaron said something along the lines of, you know, like I knew, I, I told you I was coming for the ball or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, listen, there are two things rookie running backs have to do one, hold on to the football, two, pass protect. Yes. Okay. And if you fail in either of those, you will not get on the field. You won't. Um, ask Sean, ask Daryl Henderson. If, if you can't pass protect, if you can't be trusted on third down, you're not playing. But when you are in the field, you better hold on to the football. Right. And so to that point, I mean, I obviously he's going against the best defender in the league when that sort of thing happens. But I also think post that, he hung in there, had a couple good drives. So, you know, I think you give credit, but it's also like, man, both of them really were like, hey, buddy, welcome to the NFL. But, hey, not not too bad. Like, okay, you can get a piece of pie now. You can yeah. eat some of the humble pie you were served. And, and that's why you scrimmage. That's why in years past you have preseason games. Um, and it's going to be tough for rookies this year. It's going to be tough to be truly, truly ready for week one. Yeah. What do you think about going into week one, the crowd noise? Uh, we got to experience it um, during the scrimmage. 
Sean McVay, pretty vocal about the crowd noise. And Cooper Cup, who doesn't really complain, period, also was like, that was aggressive crowd noise. Yeah. I think it was too loud. I also think it's a work in progress. Yeah. The NFL hasn't officially, as you and I sit here tonight, given its blessing to totally, you know, like it, it, this is a work in progress for all the NFL buildings, what will and won't be allowed. Um, I also think that part of Saturday was it's a brand new building and they were kind of testing out the acoustics, testing out the sound system, what yeah. does and doesn't sound good. Um, and I think that, that the Rams, uh, Everyone down on the field has to take that into account as well. They tried crowd noise Saturday in Pittsburgh. Um, they've been experimenting uh, in other stadiums. I think some level of noise will be allowed, but we all agree that this Saturday was, was too loud. And you know what? I, I mean, I felt it an hour and a half before they even started. I was down in the lower concourse talking to some people like two rows up from the field. And, and no joke, both of us were coughing under our masks, not because it was COVID, but because we were yelling so loud, like you were in a, like you were in a club or a bar and, you know, you walk out of there with a sore throat because you're trying to scream over the music. Yep. Definitely had no voice on yeah. Saturday. They'll, to they'll, they'll, they'll fix that. They'll fix, they'll fix that. But you know, you're also going to, um, I think some teams might want it louder than others. Oh, I mean, it sure. might be, might be a preference thing or, you know, I was talking to Baker Mayfield this week too. And I, I regret not asking him. I asked him about crowd noise in general, but I regret not asking him like for a player like himself that, that takes so much motivation from the crowd, both good and bad. It's not like, well, you're yelling at me because you hate me. Therefore I'm going to play better, but good and bad. Like, what is that going to be like for guys on game day? Football isn't baseball. I'm pointing up there because I have a baseball game on over there. It's not baseball, right? Um, the NBA is dealing with it just fine, but yeah. different. It's going to be totally different. I'm with you. Um, you know, we talked about the crowd noise from SoFi. What, obviously, the Hard Knocks crew has been around this team um, throughout training camp. What is your biggest takeaway? We were on the Hard Knocks after show for the first episode, but since then, we haven't really been able to talk much. Um, what did you think about post-first episode? Um, last, uh, the last episode included Juju Hughes um, and his toothpick, as well as my favorite moment was David Edwards poking himself with a straw and looking around to see if anyone noticed. That, that that truly was great. Uh, what stood out to me last night? Um, Did you find any other Easter eggs? Because I still... Oh, you know, so full disclosure, I was making dinner last night and didn't watch as attentively. I had it on and I watched the whole time, okay. certainly. Um, we had seen the Clay Johnston stuff on NFL oh. Network earlier in the day. I thought that was cool. Cool. Um, with dad and with Favre. We did not play the thing on the network where he called him Papa Favre. That was a little different. Mm -hmm. um, what else stood out to me? There was, honestly, they did a deeper dive on the Chargers this week, I thought. Like all yeah. the Melvin Ingram stuff. Oh, yeah, with this uh, stuff. I thought the Keenan Allen stuff was great as well. Um, I, I wish they could have done a little more at the scrimmage. Yeah. Um, I'm sure the Rams didn't want everything from the scrimmage in there. But sure. kind of like what I had said earlier about 
um, the audio where, where Aaron ripped it out of Cam Akers' hands and the audio where Aaron's always getting the quarterback. And then, and then uh, Jared saying in the locker room afterwards, wow, like never really gone live against Aaron like that. Yeah. He's good. Now, Jared also did say after the game to us, to the media, if this had been a real game, we would have game planned against Aaron. Right. Um, but that to me was the best stuff. Just them coming into the stadium and, and actually seeing kind of real football because I think we've all, you know, kind of missed it. We, I know, big time. I, um, as we can. Right. I'm impressed um, that Juju Hughes and his, and his toothpick um, choices, just as a, a note, he's never had any injury chewing a toothpick as a DB, I, I have told him, my mom, way back when, you know, I was probably like eight years old. I'm still traumatized from it today. Had a toothpick in her mouth. Aye. Kissed me on the head as she like walked me away, like so I could go play a baseball game. And, and I was like, oh my gosh, what? And poked your eye out? No? It poked me in the head, like got me through the skull. Like the bone was totally, ble- I mean, I'm being completely dramatic, but this this guy keeps a toothpick under his mask, no, chews it all the time, nothing. And also greatest thing ever, I was like, where do you buy, like, where do you get toothpicks from? Oh no, he doesn't, he's never bought a toothpick in his life. When he goes to restaurants, he just grabs. Ew. <laughs> complimentary. Okay, no, I, I, I missed that part. No, I, I missed that part, that's ew. Oh my God, so funny. Well, I keep in my desk at NFL Network, um, a bag of those little uh those toothpicks with like the half moon like dental floss thing oh yeah i got the yeah 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 uh, i have a clean bag yes i'm ass- i'm hoping the ones he grabs from a restaurant plastic wrapped but yes, like, thing. oh yeah I, I would hope but there's also the little dispenser yeah 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 I, like don't be the guy like eating the mints out of the ladle at the re- at the chinese restaurant i hope that doesn't exist anymore oh, especially better not better not now now time for what makes me happy um say what you will right okay. about the lockdown corner but i want to give a shout out to jalen ramsey who pledged to donate a million dollars to purpose preparatory academy in nashville that news came out today the money will help the academy purchase resources to expand programming Things like trips, books, the whole shebang. Uh, Jalen, born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee. I, if you follow him on Instagram, you will, you know, he is a proud father. He wants to continue um, to level out the playing field. This is a big time move for him right now. So shout out to him. Still showing who he is on and off the field. Um, anything you want to add to that, Siciliana? I mean, Jalen, Jalen is Jalen, and I think we kind of miss some of those things that get lost in you know being a talkative guy on the field i think i think there are a lot of people that just make the leap that if you can do flashy showboaty things like showing up in a brink truck last year and training camp in jacksonville that therefore you're not a good guy and you can't be taken seriously and that you're only about yourself um both both both, both worlds can coexist you, you can be a showman and a good person and i think jalen is a prime example of that um, and so I'm glad people get that message. I also think it's cool that, uh, you know, he writes a seven figure check before he gets his huge anticipated big payday and second contract. Not that he is poor, but a seven figure contribution right now before 
you sign for God knows how much it's going to be. Uh, I, I think that shows you that, you know, he's got a good heart. He's putting his money where his mouth is. You, you actually uh, helped me lead right into the next segment when you mentioned guys who are sort of showboaty but are good people. For news from around the NFL, you actually tweeted this earlier today. Cam Newton's hat. Um, he was caught, so it was a reporter who asked him. Uh, Mike Giardi, our reporter from NFL Network, said, um, nice hat, where'd you get it? And he said, where you got it. And then Mike said, I don't think I can pull that off. And he said. Yes, you can. You can't be scared to wear it. It ain't going to bite you. It don't bite you. <laughs> I, I, um, I love Cam Newton for a lot of reasons, but it's things like this. It's just like, you know, it's fine. Like there might be a raccoon on my head, but you can wear a raccoon if you decide to. Correct. Look, there, there are a couple of ways to look at this. I think the, the easiest one is let's get rid of the lazy narrative that because Cam has a personality and dances a little bit on the field and wears funny hats that for some reason he can't win in New England because he's the opposite of Tom Brady. Um, Tom, by the way, also has a personality. He also is at times an aggressive dresser when it comes to fashion, um, but he has uh, played the role of Patriots robot and only said the right things um, when he is uh, when he's been a Patriot. Cam uh, is going to be a little more uh, out there. Well, you, uh, that, to that, that point, I mean, he can't play good quarterback there. Right, and to that point, uh, even today during that presser, he says he doesn't see himself as the starting quarterback. Is that lip service or is that? Is that facts? Is he just like, nah, you know what? I got to humble myself. I'm the new guy. I mean, I mean, the quote was absolutely not every day is a work day for me. That label is important to me right now, alluding to being the starter, uh, starting QB. I have so much I need to get better at, so much I need to learn, so much I need to be comfortable with throughout this process. The last thing that I'm pretty much worried about. So is, do you take him like, to his word? Yeah, well, I think it's modesty meets truth. Right now, he's not the starting quarterback. He is saying all the right things. He hasn't won the job. Bill hasn't tapped him on the shoulder. Right. You know, there, were, there were some skeptics, Serena, a couple of months ago when he first signed, who said, you know, there's no guarantee he's making the team. Bill Belichick has cut – it's a very low-risk contract for the Patriots financially, and Belichick has cut plenty of veterans after, eh, you know what, this isn't going to work. I mean, Reggie Wayne, for example, I, I realize different positions, different ages, right? But Reggie has told us the story here. Um, you know, my former co-worker at NFL Network, he signed with the Patriots at the end, and after like a week and a half, he was like, God, this isn't for me. And went to Bill and said, dude, it's like, I thank you, but no thank you. Not that you're a bad guy. It's just, I, I know I don't have it, and this isn't the right thing for me anymore. Um, so he brings in a lot of veterans, is my point. Um, and nothing would surprise me, even if he started Brian Hoyer week one. Seriously. Seriously. It um, wouldn't surprise me if he played multiple quarterbacks. But I, I think, yes, Cam is clearly the favorite. He's getting the most reps. He has the most talent. He should be the number one quarterback, uh, but he knows he has not yet been given that job. For sure. Um, I will take this job and now go to Serena's socially distant social segment. Hashtag. You, my friend, let's get to your hiking because you hey. hike. This is like your life. And I keep watching your Instagram and I keep getting more and more jealous of these wonderful places that you go to. 
Um, so today's social segment, I wanted to get your top three. Let's keep it local. But okay. I know, and I know you won't say Runyon, so I won't have to worry about that. <laughs> that top three hikes. That, that, in, that Instagram dog park. <laughs> dogs are completely off the leash and it drives me crazy like i'm like bro you, we don't there's it's like it's like walking around without a mask these days like guys we have to be careful okay. top three places to hike in los angeles in los angeles um how, how far can i expand the radius you can go ventura county um and i do san bernardino county Oof. Yeah, because we, so we have Rams fans. Okay, we got Rams fans in there. East and West. Sure, sure. Um, sure. Well, it depends. <laughs> it depends what it is you're looking for. I, I mean, I, I'm always a huge fan of Mount Baldy. Um, okay. That's a little bit of a challenge. For, it's it's a ten thousand foot peak. Um, it is the one where when you're downtown or when you're looking towards downtown and out to the north and the east, you see during the winter a snow cap out there. That's Mount Baldy. Okay. okay. Um, so that's the tallest peak in LA. So How long does that take to, to do? To get up or the, like the whole up and down? Whole shebang. Get up in three hours. Or okay. Less, less than that. That's it, not depends, bad. it depends how hard you want to push it. Three. Running backwards, then it's like. Well, <laughs> the other thing too is that if you, it depends how you circle, but if you go down Devil's Backbone and uh, the ski lodge is open, you, you can also take oh. the, the chair down. Okay. All right, Matt Baldy, one. Incentive, like you can there and take the chair down. Um, where else? Um, on the spot, but I figured you'd. You, yeah, you'd like a little, a little more there. local, a little more local, right on the edge of um, L.A. and Ventura counties, off Yerba Buena, like out towards uh, on up PCH, is yeah. something Sandstone Peak, which is the tallest peak in the Santa Monica Mountains. It's a rough, roughly 32, 3300 feet. There's a good six mile loop there. Okay. Um, a lot of sun, it's mostly exposed, so I don't go on a super, super hot day, but that one's good. Um, and then, like, if you want something that's just like a nice workout and like the West Side Runyon, but without the dog poop and a lot more nature and easier, um, I would say Temescal, right, you know, kind of near the Palisades, well, right, right up the hill off PCH by Pali High. All right. Yeah. A guy who knows his stuff. I'm like, I love that you know, like elevations, like off the top. Like you're like, oh yeah, 32. This one's 10,000. It's it's the tallest one in the Santa Monica sandstone. So that one I definitely know. And Baldy, Baldy is uh, Baldy's like a a bucket list for a lot of people. Um, uh, it's not the tallest really in Southern California. That's Gorgonia where the fires were and still kind of is. Yeah. Gorgonia is still closed at last check, but Gorgonia is like 11.5. That's higher. Okay. Oh, man. This is more of a selfish question versus for our listeners, but I would say for all you listeners, you can also take this and and run or hike with it, if you will. Um, I will wrap now with our last segment, Say What? Uh, we, we quote one of the players every week on the podcast. So this one comes from our nose tackle, uh, Sebastian Joseph day. There's a lot of conversation around players and how they're handling the no fans and the stands. Um, and here's what Sebastian had to say on hyping himself up without fans this season. I'm just going to still do my routine or my routine usually. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, listen, man, like, I'm a six-round pick from Rutgers University, you know. Uh, six-round pick from Rutgers University. 
people, a lot of people didn't think I was going to be here. That's all the motivation I have each and every day, you know, to get me ready to go and play a game. You know, um, it's my third year going my third year with average NFL career is three years. Like, you know, like I beat a lot of odds. I'm six round pick. I'm probably not supposed to be here. I've been blessed enough to play, to play with the best player in the, in the league, you know, another great play with Michael Brockers and, you know, our team's loaded with amazing players. So that's all the motivation I really need, you know, for my brothers and just going out there and just riding out for them. That's all the mo- motivation I really need, to be honest. Said it like a true pro. Yeah. You don't need fans in the stands. You ain't I, even supposed to be here. I, I love that guy. Um, and this this is not a criticism or paradox. I hope we see more of him. Me too. The last couple episodes, not, not only for comments like that, um, but he's so great in the community. Mm-hmm. I mean, all over the place. And, you know, it's not like uh, Molly Higgins, who, for those who don't know, is the head of community yeah, relations for the Rams. It's not like Molly is just like twisting his arm to go do things, right? I mean, yeah. this is, it, it's his initiative a lot of the time, most of the time. Um, it's not, hey, I need six guys to show up at something. That's okay. not him. So, uh, yeah, I love him. And the motivation uh is a lot of people are going to have to have that attitude as well first round picks sixth round picks whomever because it it will be a season truly unlike any other for sure it will be and you are a human like no other Andrew Siciliano thank you for coming on my podcast that's a wrap another episode of rambling in the books make sure you hit that subscribe button we'll be bringing you more episodes throughout training camp I'm not the only one surprise surprise talking about the Rams all the time in addition to rambling you've got Rams revealed with JB Long and the newest podcast to join the crew, Rams Iconic, with former Ram DeMarco Farr. So make sure you check those out wherever you listen to your podcasts. Andrew Siciliano, the hiker, the coffee drinker, and you also talk about football every once in a while. Thank you. Serena Morales, the international woman of mystery. Cheers to you.